Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith. He's Derek Terry. Uh, Derek, by now, everyone knows Kentucky and North Carolina play in the CBS Sports Classic in Vegas on Saturday. So our mailbag is kind of uh, a little different. We have some questions about Ohio State that if there's a question about OSU, we'll just remove and we'll hope, hopefully uh, we can answer, answer all the other questions. Uh, we apologize. I didn't get another tweet out there, schedule change, things like that. But we are going to answer mailbag questions. So hopefully we answer something that you wanted answered. Uh, but Derek, uh, Kentucky needs a win. And uh, let's jump right in this mailbag. See any questions you want to start with? Um, let's see. Start with our friend Burke Beasy asking the question, like you said, a few other people have asked. But let's just let's just go for it off the top. Do either of you believe Cal will play Shaden Sharp this season? Yeah, and, and Michael asked the exact same question. It's been a big topic, right? I know you and I had a phone conversation about it the other day that after the loss to Notre Dame, Kentucky has nothing to show for on the resume to this point. Now the schedule's being flip-flopped around you're playing Carolina and Vegas it's an it's an opportunity to get a quality win you got Louisville at Rupp I think it all depends on where this team is when he gets on campus I know Cal said yesterday expects him to arrive to arrive after Christmas so I mean it's coming up pretty soon and they have some games there after Christmas and then you jump right into league play but I'm going to say he plays I'm going to say if, if the number one recruit is on your campus I don't think Cal Perry sits him on his bench I think that he sees that uh, that they need another guy, and, and I think he'll play. I don't know what the role will be. I don't know if it's a starting role off the bench, but I just have a gut feeling that Cal's not going to sit him on the bench. Yeah, Cal's not said no to uh, to the scenario yet, and I don't, I don't know what what all the decision. I'm sure Shaden Sharp and his family, or you know, the people who advise him, are going to have their thoughts on what should happen. But I think for Kentucky basketball to, to improve, then yes, he needs to play this season. I think he would certainly help them based on what I've seen. I don't think there's any doubt he would help this basketball team. I he wouldn't make them worse, right? I just can't imagine how the number one player coming in would make your team worse. So I'll, as of now, I will say yes, and I'll probably say yes until Cal or, you know, until he definitively says no. So we got a few coaching uh, questions in here, too, man. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I know. I think a lot of these were sent in after the Notre Dame game, maybe. The they after. were. <laughs> well, here's one. It says, why does Cal keep strapping himself to non-shooting point guards like Wheeler? Isn't it going to be hard for him to succeed in a world where Oscar's in the paint so much? And and that kind of falls back on everything that we talked about in the preseason, right? Uh, with Ty Washington, Kellen Grady, all these guys that were supposed to be really good shooters, and we've seen them be good shooters over their career – uh, whether it be high school, college, whatever, th that's what they needed to happen. They needed those guys to shoot the ball well. Well, now you're in the midst of a, of a funk where you're not shooting it well. And then you have Oscar in the paint, who is actually shooting the ball well when he steps out 14, 15, 16 feet. Uh, but it's certainly not helping Savir that his defender is able to play at the elbow and give him five or six feet to work with because he knows he's not going to be able to step up and hit that shot. And Cal said it yesterday in the uh, presser, you know, you just – he's hitting shots in practice, but you got to do that stuff in a game. And I, I get it, you know, thinking Sheboy in there, taking up a lot of space, but you need those other guys, your twos, your threes, your fours. Those are the guys that got to start making shots. And when they do, it makes life easier on Savir. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it is a theme, I guess you would say, with Cal. You know, they don't 
typically they've not had great shooting lead guards. They have here and there some guys who are more capable than others. Obviously, you had some guys who were just downright good shooters, like Brandon Knight, a very good shooter. Um, but for the most part, most of the guys they've had, uh, Tyler Ulis to an extent, especially a sophomore year, was a pretty good shooter. But past that, yeah, it's been a little tougher. But um, let's see what else we have here. Let's go to second take. How set do you think Cal is on his rotations? Are we done seeing Allen and Ware this year? And will Toppin, Hopkins, and Collin only get minimal minutes? What do you think, Sean? So he mentioned that he's going to possibly play. That was when they were matched up with Ohio State, that he was going to play Ware and Sheboy together some to match that physicality. And I was I, as soon as I heard that, I thought Lance won't even get in the game. Like you're, you're going to mention playing <laughs> someone, and then he probably won't even play him. I don't think the rotation is set, but I think that you're to a point to where some guy, you kind of can read between the lines and figure out that some guys don't have a spot in the rotation. Dante didn't get off the bench in South Bend. Lance Ware didn't get off the bench at Notre Dame. Can't be any more clear than that. Where I get concerned is if we look up three games from now and one of those guys ends up playing 15 to 20 minutes because then I feel like we're kind of spinning our wheels and we're in the exact same situation that it was last year where he had no idea what a rotation was because guys weren't good enough to take those spots. That is, that's what will concern me. You want to kind of see this thing get cut to eight, but it'd be eight that truly are better than the rest. And if it gets to that point, then Kentucky's going to be okay. If not, and this is going to interchange and a guy plays two minutes one game and plays 15 to 20 the next, that's when I think there's a problem. David asks, guys, how long ago has it been since UK had a full-filled team? And I, I just think he means an all-around, top-to-bottom, talented team. It says, in recent years, we had either a great backcourt or a great frontcourt. With Coach O, Chin, and Jay now doing this recruiting, do you think UK can come back around with full-filled teams in the coming years? I, I still believe the uh, Emmanuel Quickly, Maxie, Nick Richards team was a good basketball team. I mean, you're talking guys who were – all Americans are on those lists, uh, SEC players of the year. You you had those guys now in the NBA. I mean, Nick is in the NBA. Uh, IQ. I mean, you're you're Maxi doing his thing. That that was a good basketball team. Johnny Juzang's one of Johnny, the best Johnny players. Johnny Juzang. Yeah, Johnny Juzang's <laughs> doing his thing at UCLA. I thought that was a complete team. I know that some believe that that team didn't have a title run in them. I think that that team had a Final Four run in them. I really do. I think that if that team got hot and they could have had that SEC tournament. Maybe the conversation is different right now, but it's been a while, right? You have to go back to – I don't even think you have to go back to Fox and Monk and Bam. I, I still think the Hero team was a good team. Uh, I think that that was a team that was capable of getting to the title game and then possibly winning it all. I mean, you see that they beat that Auburn team twice in the regular season, lost to them in the tournament, but had chances to win that game as well. Uh, but it just – I think the no Final Four since 2015 just kind of magnifies everything else within this fan base and rightfully so that's what this fan base cheers for that's what they hope for and uh it's it's not they've not delivered that and i think that that's kind of why you get this stagnant feeling and this uh feeling of wondering where this program's going because it's it's been a long time it's been a full decade now almost since kentucky won a national title and i know fans are getting restless Corey asks how much better do you think this team can get defensively saturday was not good at all you had guys coming out of the stance not communicating on switches overhelping for no reason and getting caught ball watching instead of watching the ball instead of seeing the ball and man this defense has to get better what's the key with all those things you just read off fundamentals 
right? No one understanding how to play. All that is teachable. That's why I think that they can get better defensively because uh, you saw guys turn their head, not stand in a stance. That's all teachable. That's all correctable. You can fix those issues. Uh, they're just – it's early season right now. They, they played a Power Five, first Power Five since the Duke game. Uh, they were able to get away with some of those things in the non-conference schedule and still win games. You cannot do that when you're playing ACC competition. You're playing Big Ten, ACC, or uh, SEC competition. You've got to stay in a stance. You've got to be communicating. You've got to talk. All those things that uh, he read off right there in that question can be fixed and can be corrected. That's why I think that they can, can improve significantly. DRC asks, since we, have, since we have such depth, why don't we press and wear the other team out? Dude, they have such depth, though, would be my question. <laughs> That's now. what I was about to say. Like, <laughs> Cal can say that there's depth, but when it comes down to it, <laughs> you don't play dudes. Like, I don't really know if that depth is as deep as what we think it is. Um, but they, they do some things where they'll match up and they'll, they'll blitz the ball handler with those two guards to start, and they try to get uh, some pressure and maybe try to create a quick turnover. Uh, I would like to see them do some more, but when you're talking about all these defensive breakdowns and stuff that they were having, it's kind of hard to to play 90-plus feet because you might have those issues uh, occur there too. Uh, to me, this team needs to lock it up in the half court, be very good defensively there, and then kind of build on it and extend it out to the full court. And, and I think they will. I think you'll start seeing this team do some different things. Uh, I think they're going to try to create some turnovers. They need to get some cheap ones, get some easy baskets, and I, I do agree. But I just don't know how deep this team actually is. I want to see this thing play out the next couple of games. Uh, whatever they do the next two, I think you can kind of identify what their rotation is going to be. I don't want to see them do it this way for two and then get back and you see Missouri high point come to Lexington and then you mix it up and do some different things. They need to kind of hone in and find out what they are, who they are, and what this rotation is over the next couple of games. See if yeah, I, I think you started to touch a tad on this, but maybe you'll have more to add. This question's from Kevin. What's a realistic change you can see with this team? I know Cal's not going to drastically change his zone or play zone, so asking for that doesn't mean much. Will he bench Wheeler, play sharp, go four guards? What's the most likely impossible change? Well, you saw it late that he had to take Savir off the floor and put Ty Ty at the point, and I don't know if you – we didn't. Did we talk about that on the show? That I thought that late in games you could see that play out to where Ty Ty would be the the ball handler with two or three or four minutes on the clock when it came down to crunch time yeah, in a game winning situation. Preseason we might have. I think Maybe. we did talk yeah. about that, and you saw that happen. Uh, but in the Duke game, you saw what he had to take Ty Ty off the floor, and he didn't. I mean, it, when it came down to crunch time and stuff, Ty Ty wasn't good that night, and it had to be severe. Um, that's why I'm not ready to just kind of chalk it up after two games against Power Fives. I want to wait and see exactly what happens over the next couple of games. They're going to be tested tomorrow. They're going to be tested against Louisville in that rivalry game. And then you get into league play and some things are going to play out. But I think what you saw is that they're, they're trying – Sheboy is quickly becoming their best player, like overall. Like, I mean, we're talking a guy that I think is playing his way into the NBA draft, especially now that he's showing that touch with his jump shot. They went to him in the post there to try to win the game late. I think you're going to see him maybe get some more touches on the block and doing some things. Uh, I know some people have been asking about a possible tweak. I, I want to see some more basketball there, but their backcourt has to be better, and I think that's where it starts. You've got to get better guard play. Uh, whether that be you you run some more action for Kellen Grady to get some looks, 
Uh, Tata Washington can't just shoot six or seven shots. That needs to be in that ballpark of 12, 11, 12, 13 shots a game, in my opinion. And uh, you just you can't keep shooting so poorly from three-point range. Like, once those things start happening, and then I think you can open up and do some different things. But I, I kind of want to see what this rotation looks like before I kind of key in and say that they need to do this or they need to do that. Yeah, I think those are all good points. This question's from Kyle, and it was prior to the switch uh, with Ohio State and North Carolina, but I'll ask it anyway because I think it's still relevant. It's said, what will the pulse of the fan base be if we lose in North Carolina? Will a bulk of the fans turn on Cal slash lose interest on the season? Yeah. Yeah, I think you. I think you'll always have that bulk of fans that will do that. But then at the the root of it, you're going to have your diehards that are like it's it's December. But then again, this is where we got to this point last year, right? Where and last year was different. They were one and six going into Christmas. I believe there was a Louisville game before Christmas or after Christmas last year. After. I can't remember after. Okay, but around this time of year, they were one and six, and you started talking what this is not an NCAA tournament team. If they lose this one, and I don't, I'm not ready to say they're not because they've got, I mean, obviously the win loss record looks better, but the resume doesn't. The resume honestly probably looks the same when you look at it, but I think you would have people that would jump ship, obviously, if they lose the Carolina. I mean, you're talking losing the Carolina and Duke and Notre Dame and then nothing to show for in your non conference schedule. You would have some people definitely uh, get on the negative train for sure. Uh, would a win against Louisville cure all of it? I don't think it would. It certainly would help. But they need to get two wins here because I think two wins and then going into league play, you can start feeling good about yourself. It's a new season. We get into the league. You're going to be challenged every single night you take the floor in the SEC. There are teams in that league that are good enough to make deep runs in the NCAA tournament. That's what you want. Uh, but the, it has to get started here against Carolina. Got one other question from Kyle as well. He said, "Do you think Cal should hire someone as an offensive guru, and would he actually do that?" I say no. No, he wouldn't. I don't think he would. Uh, Cal is Cal. <laughs> That's just blunt and to the point. I just have, think... have we reached the point that you just kind of hope that they that Jay and Antigua and Cal himself can get back to recruiting just guys that are better than the other team have. <laughs> Is that yeah, what we need to yeah, because nobody's ever going to believe anything that Cal says about offensive philosophy or what they're going to do, uh, because he's always going to come back out and say something like he did yesterday about putting Lance and, and Oscar <laughs> in there together. And, and I get it. Like, sure, you you need to match physicality, but at the same time, you need to score baskets to even have a chance to win the game. And I do think they're going to be okay, though, Derek. I do. Like, I'm. I mean, the Notre Dame game wasn't great, and the more that I thought about it and looked at it, I mean, sure, they had those defensive issues, those those uh, plays where they fell asleep. They got back cut three times, uh, twice on out-of-bounds set, but they still gave up 64 points essentially because I don't count the breakaway at the end. But, I mean, 64, 66 points, and you have those issues. Now you're talking you're getting it down into the 50s. Offense is going to get better as the season goes along. You're going to develop a rhythm, and you're going to find it, but – I don't know when it comes to Ken Palm how efficient they're going to be offensively, but they certainly won't be that horrible. I think this team needs to hang its hat on being elite defensively, knocking down the three-point shot when it's open. And to me, like a question we had earlier, can they can they do some things different defensively, maybe create some turnovers and get some easy baskets? I think that would be big for this group. I think this is more of a venting slash frustration Uh tweet rather than a question but we'll read it kenneth uh says i love cal but why does it seem like every time we're in a close game against a power five school we know how it's going to end i.e missed opportunities bad shots no set plays no timeouts when we need them 
it's starting to feel like a broken record at this point. I think that it does feel that way. I mean, you yeah. can go back to that Power Five stat. Um, non-conference they've they've had a hard time last few years i think that's where it comes back to uh what's the mood you know lately and that's where i said if they lose to carolina then obviously some people's going to jump shit but if they beat carolina they beat louisville i think that you get a lot of people on board i think that they're locked in uh for that january schedule and and moving forward uh but yeah that power five stat i didn't realize it was that bad in uh recent years but you've You've got to get that figured out when it comes to was that non conference power five or just power five in general? Uh I think non conference, but I could okay. be wrong. So I mean you've you've gotta you've gotta change that. I mean, you're at Kentucky that and then you put the the records with uh, Cal and Tubby over the over five years, like Tubby's last five and then these last five for Cal. And I mean it it ugh, you know, I mean it you don't you don't want to see that. Obviously, Cal's still recruiting better than Tubby ever did. Uh, but I don't know, like it, it does feel, it feels like a trend is there for sure, but they, they've got to change it. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, we got um, a couple of lineup questions here that... Uh, I think I'm going to read these together and then we can discuss. So the first one is from David. He said, would you agree that UK and let me read the second one too, before we discuss this, he says, would you agree that UK's best starting lineup is Mintz, Ty Ty, Grady, Brooks, and Oscar bring Wheeler off the bench as a spark plug. Use them like Cliff Hawkins. This lineup is a mirror image of the 2002, 2003 tubby team. And then we had a question um, from Alan and uh, he wanted our opinions on the most effective lineup. He says, personally, I think it's Washington, Mintz, Grady, Top, and Oscar. Curious on your thoughts. Uh, and then the second part to this question was, if you were to reasonably tweak this team for a deep March run, what would your tweak be? All right, before we get to the second question that Alan asked, let's let's talk about just lineups in general. What what would your be what, – what, what do you think would be your – let's just say your winning time lineup. What would you say is the best five right now to win a basketball game? Uh, like I said, I'm, I don't think I'm ready to pull the plug on Savir yet because I, I want to see how he bounces back here. I want to see how they adjust to if they're played that way because I still think it comes down to guys like Ty Ty and Grady have to hit open shots. When Mintz is in, he has to hit open shots. Uh, you figured out Oscar Shibway. Uh, Keon Brooks, I mean, he wasn't horrible at Notre Dame. I mean, he's got that mid-range jumper and everything down there as well. Uh, but when it comes down to – Ty Ty and Oscar got to be on the floor. I think Grady's got to be on the floor. Keon, 
I mean, I guess the question does come down to crunch time if if you have to take Wheeler off the floor. And I don't know. What what are your thoughts on it? I think with this team, and it was really the same way last year, it just comes down to like the day. I mean, I don't think any of these guys are significantly better than the others. And it really just comes down to who's playing better. The other day, you kind of had the worst case scenario. Wheeler was pretty bad, and then Manson hit any open threes. So that made it tough. So, you know, he that day, neither one of those guys really helped UK too much. Um, I would definitely have Washington out there. And I think Keon's best is better than Toppin's best, honestly. Yes. So to me, the only two guys I would say for sure. And well, I mean, you hope this is the case. Let's see how he does tomorrow against another power five team. But like Ty Ty, probably I would be hard pressed at this point not to have him out there. But at the same time, against the best teams on their schedule, he's not played very well. Yeah, it? But it's only been two games. So I'm not going to write him off by any means. He, I mean, by the end of the year, he might be Kentucky's best player. So I guess the way I would answer that, I'm going to lean with you. For now, I'm going to assume Wheeler doesn't miss every single open shot he takes this season. I'm going to say Wheeler, Washington, Grady. I mean, really, I guess I would still go with their starting five, to be honest with you. And, and, and with Brooks and Oscar down there. And they're going to get hot. At some point, they're going to get hot. Uh, I think Ty Ty, Grady, Mintz, all of them will get hot at some point. Now, you asked me that same question in January, and I might throw Shaden Sharp in there somewhere. Right. Once I see what he's doing, it, once I see what that role is going to be, how he gets acclimated to the program, college basketball, and, and then you get a guy that can do it at all three levels. And that's why I've changed my tune on it that I do think that he plays because when you get that in practice and you can add that element to this team and then you've got these guys that are good shooters, then you have something to, to play with. And I just think the way Oscar Sheboy is playing right now, Derek, you have an elite big man who, in my opinion, is putting himself in position to be an All-American if he keeps doing what he's doing. And certainly in, in contention for SEC Player of the Year, if he does the same thing in league play, you don't want to waste that because it feels like in some years where Kentucky has the elite front court, they have, they're missing something in the backcourt. Or if they have the elite backcourt, they're missing something in the front court. I know we had a question about that, something along those lines earlier. Uh, I just feel like that you want to throw everything out there and give this team the best chance to win. If Shaden Sharp does that, you've got to do it. Yeah, the second part from Allen, I know it's not exactly what he's asking. Uh, and he says, if you were to reasonably tweak this team for a deep march run, what would your tweak be? To me, and I know he's talking about actually you know, on the court stuff, but like Sharp is still where I would go with that. Like yeah. if you can add uh, a player that talented and, and him step in and be able to help your team, then to me, he changes everything about this group. And that's what I was getting at earlier when I said I want to wait because I was yeah. trying to get it at with like, you know, I wait just to <laughs> see what happens with the rotation and then see what happens after Christmas, after these next two games. And when he's on campus, I mean, if, if he comes in and he shows out in practice – I mean, these are veteran guys in this locker room. You don't have very many young guys in this locker room. They're veterans. They understand the game. They understand that this thing's a business. They're going to have to. And when it comes down to it, if Shaden Sharp is good enough and he does that stuff in practice, I just don't see how anyone can have a problem with it. Uh, will some people get upset and get their feelings hurt? Yeah, but they're, I mean, what, hundreds of programs across the country where someone has their feelings hurt. Mm -hmm. I want to add to Robert had a had a lineup question. Hopefully we answered that, but I want to read it anyway, just because I overlooked it. And this was, you know, pre-North Carolina. He said, what's the rotation against OSU? What adjustment does Cal make at point? Should OSU employ similar strategy on Wheeler? Any chance Mintz gets a look at point? Hopefully uh, the discussion we just had on lineups helped answer some of that. I wonder if Mintz will get a look at point. 
at any at any point in time. Like if if mm, Tata is clearly better off the ball, I wonder if he yeah. does want some. I think that'd be bad. I think that yeah. I think he'd be in a bad spot because yeah. he's basically your third point guard option. And if you're at that be. point, then things aren't going well. I'm of the belief at some point you're going to see four guards. Like Dante in there or somebody else? Shaden. You think? Shaden. Okay, so you're thinking Wheeler, Shaden, Tata, and Grady or something else. Yeah, or Mintz in one of those roles. Like I, I could I, – I'm I'm of the belief at some point you'll see that lineup. Like hey, Tata if, has more if rebounds than Keon Brooks. Yeah, that's what I'm – and I'm saying like in, <laughs> and, and what you're doing is you kind of essentially trade things, right? You get more shooting on the floor. You get more ball handling. You get a more another perimeter presence. Uh, you can do some of those things that maybe we we're talking about earlier. You can press and do some different things, looking to trap and and run and jump and rotate out of it. I think that would be one of my tweaks, but I kind of want to see what happens over the next few games and then what Shaden, what the situation around Shaden is. We could get into January, and this podcast is going to have plenty of content when Shaden Sharp gets on campus because that's going to be the when does Shaden play watch. You know, we've had the when does Jared Vanderbilt take the floor watch, and then when all this other stuff happens, this is going to be uh, when does Shaden Sharp get on, get, go to the scores table. All right, let's transition to. Uh, we've covered a lot already. This thing we have covered a lot. I, gotta, I do got to answer this one. Okay. Uh, why is it called Kentucky Daily? Eh, it's fair. It's not been Kentucky Daily for the last little bit. Things have been busy, but that is changing. That is changing. It's Kentucky Daily. Yeah, that person who asked that's an interesting fella. I don't think they liked one of my tweets, and I'm not sure why they didn't like it and then followed me after. So I'm not sure. Uh, not sure if this is in relation to to that or what. I'm not really sure what their issue is. But yeah, we'll try to get back to being uh, every day. But it's it's hard this time of year with holidays coming up. Sean coaches ball, and then just work in general. But um, yeah. There, there has absolutely been stretches of this podcast that were uh, that was more than once daily. So that's yeah, today. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, Sean. This is from uh, in the post with Big Mike and Willie. I like this name. And this was uh, another one that was pre-switch, but again, I think it still applies. Was the Notre Dame loss just a bad night, or are we just not as good as we hope we are? Uh, I'm going to switch this around. He says, I'd say, I think the UNC game will be huge in terms of where we are as a team. But, but he said Ohio State. And there is a difference in playing a top 15 team versus a top 30 team. Well, I don't understand that. But let's just answer the first part of that question. Is this team not as good as maybe we thought? I don't know. I, I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's two of not team from three-point line. Definitely not good. Uh, the, the biggest thing that I took away, you know, Oscar had, I believe, five rebounds with like seven, eight, nine minutes to go in the first half, and he grabbed two the rest of the game. I thought that was kind of – and he played a lot of minutes, but, I mean, he still did his thing offensively. Uh, but Kentucky didn't get the offensive rebounds that they typically get. Uh, they didn't shoot the ball well. They've not been shooting the ball well. Still gave up only 66 points but lost a game. I think that that kind of gives me hope that this team can be good defensively once they fix some of those issues. I think it was just a bad night, but maybe a little bit of – not, I don't want to say not as good as what we thought they were, but maybe not where they are, not where they should be, where we thought, or I guess where they we thought they'd be. Is that what I'm trying to say? Does that make sense at all? Yeah. Like knows. we thought that they would be just because they're veterans, right? We thought just because Xavier's coming in, Oscar's coming in, these guys that have played college basketball before, that it would be ready to roll right away. Well, that's not the case. And then somebody mentioned it to me in a DM recently. I can't remember, but 
Like, is it concerning at all that, yeah, they've added experience, but they've added experience from guys that weren't on really good basketball teams. I mean, Savir was at Georgia. That wasn't a great basketball team. I know Grady had success at Davidson, played NCAA tournament and things, but I mean, it's not like these, but I don't know. I'm, I'm not ready to throw them out yet. I want to see more basketball and they're, you're going to get that opportunity tomorrow. Yeah, I, I think this team's definitely a worse, or at least at this point in time, they shot the ball much worse than I would have expected. They have. They've had a few games. Well, the overall game against Notre Dame was bad, but they've had halves here and there where it was rough. Central Michigan comes to mind where they just did not shoot the ball well. That part has been very surprising to me. But if you if you still think you got a team full of guys who are good shooters, you would think that that will turn at some point. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know, man. This They've played enough games now, and it's not enough to tell the whole tale of what the season's going to be. But I, I think I think they've played enough to where this is kind of a concern that they've not shot the ball better. Um, <clears throat> actually, let's get this recruiting. Sorry, <clears throat> let's get this recruiting question out of the way, and then we'll go to um, a couple of the coaching questions. Uh, this is from Tanner. He asks, "Is there any 2023 recruiting news?" I don't. I've not heard of anything lately. No, but I will say that I did go watch Reed Shepard play on Monday night against uh, his county right. rival, South Laurel. And I can well, 13th tell 13th region ball. Yeah, it was good 13th region basketball. The gym was full, standing room only. I stood on the in the stairs for the first half, and then I found a spot above the basket on uh, North Laurel's basket on their end in the second half. But uh looks good. Uh, Orlando Antigua was there. Jeff Shepard talked to him for a few minutes. He, he talked with Shepard's family. I know he kind of went back towards the locker room for a second and then got out of there pretty quick. I thought it was really cool to see Kentucky in Eastern Kentucky in the 13th region. I thought that was really cool yeah. to see. But Reed uh, Reed had a good night. I think he finished with 31 points. He certainly could have had more. He missed some mid-range jumpers and, and things like that. But uh, that's my 2023 recruiting news right now. I, I thought it was cool just to get out and see him. Yeah. And uh, so, he looks uh, really good. There actually is something, and of course, this kid's got a name I can't pronounce. Typically, it's 2023 recruit, and he's uh, I know who this guy is. I just don't know how to say his name. He's taking an official visit to Kentucky on uh, December 21st to the 23rd. Matas Buzelis, Buzelis. I don't Buzelis. I don't know how to say his last name. So that was reported by 24/7 Sports. He's a five star. He's ranked number 12th nationally, but he's number four in our rankings just from 24 seven. So this is a highly thought of kid, six foot 10, 175. Um, again, I don't know how to say his name the correct way, but if you got to follow recruiting, you'll probably recognize, I'm sure I got it close enough. You can figure out who it is. So that's, uh, that's something to watch. So that'll be a kind of a rare dates for that. That's a uh, Tuesday through Thursday official visit. So let's get to these coaching questions, Sean. So, uh, that's what we do here whenever Kentucky loses some well, games. Let's do – let's talk about better days. Let's answer this one real quick. I just saw it uh, by John. Can you all get Travis Branham on the podcast again soon? Yes. Yes, we'll get Travis Branham on the podcast. I actually saw him when I was in New York uh, for the, the Duke game. I saw him at Jack Dempsey's. That's <laughs> uh, where all the UK people hang out, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we went we went down there the night before, and I, that's the first time I'd ever met Travis in person. So we'll definitely get Travis back on the uh, on the pod very soon. All right, this is from Brandon. He says, not saying it's happening anytime soon, but given the success of certain coaches in college basketball today, 
Who would you want to see be the next head coach of Kentucky? I've thought about this, and I and I thought about it because I was just trying to kind of get ahead of it. Once once you get to a point and you can kind of look and you can say, all right, there, there's usually those clear-cut guys that you know would probably get an offer or at least be contacted. I don't know if there's those guys right now, though, Derek, that I can just say – that I can narrow it down and say one of these three would definitely be the next coach at Kentucky. I don't know. Um but when it comes to guys that I like, I mean, obviously, I think what Nate Oates is doing at Alabama, I think that he's going to be a guy that's going to be in contention for elite jobs as he moves throughout. I mean, Alabama, I mean, they're, they beat Gonzaga. I know that they just lost to, to Memphis. Memphis put it all together that night. Uh, but anything, anytime you can do what he's doing at Alabama basketball, you got to pay attention to it. Uh, Bruce Pearl just has too much negativity and baggage with him. But that's another guy that is building program, just builds programs and wins anywhere he goes. Scott Drew is one of my guys that I really like. I, I really like him, not just because he finally won a national championship last year, but you see what he's doing right now. His teams are elite defensively. Uh, he took that program from a disaster situation when he got there in 2003. Took me a while. Uh, went to the lead eight a few times. Now he's won a national championship. Continues to do his thing. He's been there so long, I think it would be hard for him to leave. But I definitely think that – He's a guy that continues to move up the ladder, I think, of not just in, if, if Kentucky ever opens up, but I think some major programs would certainly take a look at him. You'd have to, especially when you win a national championship. That automatically gets you on the list to take a phone call or two. Yeah, I mean, Oates would have to be there. Anytime a guy does what he's done at a non, you know, I mean – a football school obviously just given their success uh historically there and especially under Saban but it's you know they've had their moments in basketball as well over the years but um you know I think he kind of has the the personality he's he's the kind of guy that like if he's on your side you love him and if he's not you probably don't like him very much but I'm with you on Pearl no way although I think he's a good coach I just don't think he'll be the guy for there what, what do you think about KP you think that ship has sailed since he left or I mean because overall his resume is still great he just has no head coaching experience but in terms of where he's been who he's coached under I mean he would seem to be a guy who you would think would at least you know if he called Mitch I don't think Mitch would you know ignore it I think he'd probably talk to him uh I don't know I don't want to say risk though but but you're seeing North Carolina and Duke I mean they're going with guys who were you know from their school, but they're both – neither of those guys had had coaching experience. Of course, Shire's not even started yet because Coach K's still there. But these aren't – I guess what I'm trying to get at is, like, these jobs that are coming open, you're not seeing these Blue Bloods make blockbuster hires. They're mostly promoting from within for guys who kind of know the culture, but they don't really have that long track record of success that makes you say for sure, yes, this person will be successful here. Yeah, and, and with, with KP, I think it's one of those things that fans would love it. But let's say that Cal doesn't get back to a Final Four and this thing ends in the next two or three years. Then you're kind of at a point where do you want to take a risk with that? I, I don't know. But it, it's, it would definitely be a risk. But it, I think would it's be, one that yeah. fans would love. Some would love it. Some I mean, would he wouldn't be number one on my list, but I'm just – I mean, he might also be at the point – Kenny is uh, – let's see how old Kenny is. He's probably in his 50s, right? Not more. Kenny's 55. I mean, he might have he might have just given up on wanting to be head coach. I don't know. I mean, maybe whenever he made that move to the NBA, he decided 
if I ever do become a head coach, this is where I want it to be. I want it to be in the NBA, not not in college. So I have no idea. I was just throwing him out there. Um, Holtman, obviously, is a guy to mention. But kind of slim pickings in a way, just because you're not probably not going to be able to pull anybody who has been super successful from, like, Bill Self's not leaving Kansas. He's had issues around him, too. Like, he ain't coming here. Yeah, I don't think you want Mick Cronin to be your coach, but at that point, I don't think he'd leave UCLA either. So, I mean, there is no Cal out there right now. There's nobody at a school. You know, Memphis, it's an obvious upgrade to leave Memphis for Kentucky. And, of course, Cal's, Cal was very unique because he had two Final Fours at schools that aren't typically going to, you know, play in games like that. So, And he was an NBA head coach. I mean, there's no one like that out there. So, I, I don't know. I mean, it's – until you really know when Cal's not going to be here anymore, it's kind of – it's just for fun to talk about just because realistically we really don't know. There could be a guy – if Cal's here three more years, there could be a guy emerge in that time that, we, that we're not talking about right now. So, Shining, anything else? I don't. I'm looking. Have we missed anything or we covered all the coaches? Well, Brandon had another question, but I wasn't really sure how to answer it just because it's so early, but he said – what center would you like to see join our team next season from the transfer portal? What center do you think would be the best fit for with our 2022 class? And that's just, I mean, it's midseason. I don't, yeah, you know, I don't know who's going to be there. There's certainly, everybody's certainly going to be on watch. The first one that kind of uh, lots up Kentucky and in, in league play or something, <laughs> or what lots up someone, you're going to kind of be looking and thinking maybe is, is that the guy? But I, I think it is still a little too early on that. I, I want to wait and watch more basketball and, to me, basketball really gets rolling once you get to late December and early January. That's where you get the the conference games on Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Saturday night. You get to watch basketball across all these major conferences. That's where I lock in and watch a lot of basketball and answer a lot more questions. Yeah, I got nobody. I mean, especially because they wouldn't even be in the portal right now anyway. But uh, just given what we saw last year and with the one time and just the fact that a lot of these 21 recruits maybe, you know, didn't, you know, they didn't get to have the same kind of recruiting experience that other classes had. Maybe you see some more young guys go in, but again, also want to see with Sheboy. I think Sheboy is certainly, if he keeps this up, he'll probably be in the NBA next year, but I still kind of want to see what he decides to do, what Collins decides to do, just things like that. So have we hit everything? I think we have. I believe we have. And if and if we miss some, whether that be in DM or on the tweet, we'll do another one. Uh, post. Well, we'll do one after Kentucky, North Carolina, if you want to, maybe going into the Louisville game next week, Derek. And uh, just stay locked in with Kentucky Daily. Like I said, we're going to be more of a daily show moving forward. I've got a lot more time now. Uh, once we get through this holiday, uh, SEC play starts. They'll be playing two games, two days a week. So we'll get a lot more content, a lot more coverage. And uh, as always, this show is powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub, three locations, Palmville, Williamsburg, and London. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily.